Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about the Alkaline Trio song Steamer Trunk, where every week we talk about the Alkaline Trio song Steamer Trunk. And this week, it's Private Eye. Why? Truly a great question, my friend. Hello, listeners of As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. My name is... Tim Crisp, I'm the host of As You Were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Um and it greatly pains me to have to address this. Um honestly something you never thought you would do as a host of As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. But um anyway, there you can't go you can't go it alone. You want to have a podcast about Alkaline Trio? You want to call it As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio? You can't just have a conversation with yourself as much as we want that to be the case. Like, it can't just be me. And so I... It's gonna be me. And there he is. And uh, he has... One job, other than showing up and making me, he doesn't know that it's his job to make me look good, but he does that job without me having to ask. The one job that I ask him to do is to make sure that we don't pick the same songs twice, um... I hope that you're you're comfortable in your seat, David Anthony. Um, we have fixed the problem, um, and we apologize for last week's confusion. Um, it's obviously all David's fault, and I'm sure that none of you were, you know not expecting to hear that but there it is it's all david's fault just like everything else moving on yeah i mean you know to really just let everybody know tim has three google docs or spreadsheets or google sheets i'm not sure which um that were made uh, with the uh, express purpose of keeping me in, in in check here um obviously we failed at that and we are uh we deeply regret the error um and now we are going to talk about a song that sounds nothing like but also sort of like the song that everyone loves most by the alkaline trio which is steamer trunk which we will not talk about again this week i love making spreadsheets thing is i don't really love using them it's like I know how the spreadsheet works. I don't think you do. See, you know how the spreadsheet works. You just don't know how to use it. And it's the using it that really matters most. So, um, again, all your fault. Still mm-hmm. need you, so you're here. And we're going to talk about... Um, Shit, where did where was it? I forgot where I wrote it down somewhere. 
Um, Steamer Trunk, mm-hmm. which is a song that we talked about a few weeks ago and then uh, forgot about. Um, so we're doing it again. Uh, and yeah. So, David, what do you think of this Alkaline Trio song? Steamer Trunk, it's good. Yeah. That's it. Totally. Um, so no just kidding we're we're here to talk about the first song on uh from here to infirmary which is called steamer trunk it's <laughs> no it's called private eye uh and it's on the same album as steamer trunk mm-hmm. and to be fair we should probably be talking about steamer trunk because you did put up a poll that allowed our patrons to uh vote and though it did not win percentage-wise cumulatively it did because you put it up i believe three times i put it i put four four steamer trunks and then three others because i really wanted to make sure it started and ended with steamer trunks so as as everything does um Uh, our patrons are the most important part of of all of this program so if you um if you don't subscribe to our patreon and last week's uh mix up really got you upset um we have a uh complaint department over at patreon.com slash as you were um you got to sign up um and you have to pledge for uh two years before you gain access to that complaint department but Mm -hmm. we have addressed all of the complaints that are not two years old yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm glad people held on to them for that long totally totally so hey i i've been dragging this lake looking for corpses Mm -hmm. uh what a great opening line that is very very tight very Um, tight and i always thought that that atticus comp was at least like not maybe a nod to it but they knew what they were doing they knew what they were doing i that's how i That's how I always felt about it, because I was like, that's a pretty specific phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, not unheard of, obviously, but for that to be the name of a comp by a uh, prominent brand run by members of Blink-182, mm-hmm. um, and to put Alkaline Trio on and, and then the pole position there, you know, it uh, it says something, I think. Yeah, they were in the steamer trunk spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I did before we started here, which is a thing I always forget about because I don't believe it's actually real. Well, mm-hmm. it's real, but it's not as built. There is technically a music video for this song with, uh, well, here's the thing. If you search it on YouTube, it'll pull up and it'll say, you know, in uh, parentheses uh, or in parentheticals and brackets, uh, official video. Mm-hmm. And it has a little VH1 watermark up in the top, and it like brings up like Alkaline Trio Private Eye. Two interesting things about this: I definitely never saw this when it was like on television. Mm-hmm. Two, the drummer in the video is Adam Willard oh. when he was uh, filling in for them because uh-huh. there was a period of time where I believe it was post mike pre Derek, where like they had like he fill, filled in for some shows pete parada who was in i he was in uh face to face and later saves the day filled in mm-hmm. for some shows handful of people 
Uh, so it's a video that documents that. But also, it features what I would assume is a sort of radio edit, though the audio still says, um, do fucked up shit. That's not bleeped. Mm -hmm. What is changed is that the intro is cut in half. So -hmm. instead of four times on that riff, it's one, and then the third that kind of does the stop. And every time in and out, it cuts the uh, main riff down. So the song is about 20 seconds shorter. Mm Mm-hmm just by cutting out bits and i wonder when i was looking at it and watching it i was like oh it's because they want the chorus to hit before you're a minute in otherwise it doesn't interesting yeah wow i mean that's like uh that's part of the formula right i guess i guess so it must be it's so fucking stupid um but well it's a good thing that they did that because obviously now the biggest band in the world is the alkaline mm-hmm. trio this uh, notable uh, number one hit single <laughs> yeah so this is a song though that um if this record were uh received differently um this is we're on a different record label this absolutely would be a single if not the first single on this record uh-huh um kind of a cool i mean uh, this is the first alkaline trio song i've ever heard i had ever heard at that time yeah i mean i think that's probably true for a lot of people Mm -hmm. i definitely know people who as we've discussed where like it's sometimes it's hard to gauge how popular certain records are for them i think this record was an entry point and i think this song specifically was like a holy shit kind of moment yeah um and you know what I 100% agree with that. Every time this song kicks in, it's like, fuck, yeah. Like, it's just so attention-grabbing. Um, I think this is one of Matt's best, like, melodic riffs ever. Mm-hmm. Um, very simple, but very memorable. And when I've talked... When we talked before about how uh, From Here to Infirmary doesn't sound good, which is a fact, um, because of the drums and whatever, people may still say we're wrong, but we're right. Thing is, is, I I feel like it's been a while. I haven't. I actually like had that full on visual uh, representation, like the one that I sent you this week, which is mm-hmm. the audio files from this record when they are uh, on display on my interface here, my program or my recording program software. You can see the way the files are compressed. So mm-hmm. that means that the entire sound wave is pushed down but it's pushed down in such a way that it it really just cuts off at top uh, at the top so when we're talking about the cymbals sounding bad that's a very high end part of the sound that's recorded that is distorted because it's pushed down so much so mm-hmm. we know you all have been passionate about this topic at this point now that I've learned enough about recording voices, I can say definitively, even though Matt Allison confirmed, um, this record does sound distorted in certain spots. We did it. But what I'm going to say is on this song, Sounds good. I think it adds to it. Yep. It's I distortion, baby. It adds the atmosphere that I think the best songs on this record really actually benefit from and make it sound unlike any other record in their catalog. It mm-hmm. sounds 
the the way I think this record sounds really matches kind of the imagery that's on the inner side of this record. Like mm-hmm. the cover's kind of goofy if we're being 100% honest, but the inside with the black and the red and it has all those like, you know, like bandages and scissors and scalpels like kind of in the the booklet on the insert. You know where that's from? Where's that from? Uh Mr. Skiba's uh dentist's office. Mm, that makes the actual sense. My friend Carl uh, got his braces done by Matt Skiba's dad. He said, oh, yeah, they took pictures of the equipment in my office. Pretty makes cool. sense. Um, that was my impression of Carl, not Matt Skiba's dad. Mm, Just saying. Well, him doing an impression. Shut anyway, up. Um, this record sounds like that imagery, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and on a song like this where Matt's really digging into, like, creepier territory in a way that i think is very i, I think about the best he's done with that yeah. uh-huh. it doesn't sound forced it's kind of witty it's kind of funny uh-huh. you're kind of like well, this is weird and what is it about uh i think this song really nails it in a way that i don't it's just it's lightning in a bottle with uh, that type of thing you know mm-hmm. it either happens and comes together perfectly and doesn't feel forced or it just becomes Draculina. It could go either way. Yeah, totally. There's a there's a real heightened sense of genre that's at play here where you watch like old film noir, you watch uh you know, movies like uh The Maltese Falcon, Double Indemnity, um, and then later on into shows like Dragnet, where you have, you know, private investigators or, or mystery type stories where you have a narrator um, who's also the detective kind of like, you know, speaking in this sort of like, and then I went over to see Sammy and uh, mm-hmm. that sort of shit is, it's so like beloved and ingrained and you can find a lot of like really, really cool spaces where it's gone into like, you know, really incredible pieces of art. And Matt straight up just like wrote a song that is, I think, taking in um, all of the um, all of the energy of like those that darkness and the idea that like every one of these like P.I.s is like a lonely man who just like, you know, comes home to a dark apartment. And then Matt Skiba comes home to Matt Skiba from the Alkaline Trio's apartment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and smokes pot and drinks beer and watches TV. Well, I mean, I think that's what makes it so cool is, is this very, like, disheveled, shitty dude who, like, you know, I just picture that it's like a reclining chair in front of an old TV, mm-hmm. like, all the lights off, drinking beer, just smoking, like, flies around. It's just gross. It's just, like, really morose and ugly and, like, that's kind of what makes it so good. And in addition to that, the references he's making are, like, really fucking spot on for that. You know? This is a guy who's listening to Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> just uh peek behind the curtain. David and I did have a back and forth just to make sure that we haven't done Private Eye. Because David's like, I know that I've made the joke about me saying I watch Grand Funk on channel 11 yes no i think i think you said that first episode because you've been waiting for that bit your entire life Uh, i mean i just love it 
you know there's the i wish i remembered that simpsons line a little better but i forget all those dudes names um i mean this feels this this feels like a simpsons episode you know what i mean where they would bring somebody in who like the beer baron episode like yeah it's rex banner full-on went rex banner with it and like the the references being so specific like the channel 11 reference which you mentioned Mm -hmm. there like you know that's such a local to the chicagoland area thing where it's like that hearing that the first time if you're from this area like i don't know how you don't be like oh fuck like i get this this is about me this is about the people i know and the things i you know like you feel like you're in it Mm -hmm. and i think that's what really more than a lot of songs like it's easy to name you know when they'll sing about like let's say i'm dying tomorrow where he's singing about chicago Uh very openly or mercy me which does the same you know like all that shit you're like, okay, well, I can put the name of a city into whatever fucking song. Mm-hmm. But when you're saying, like, WTTW Channel 11 and seeing about flies fucking on there because it was, like, the, like, kind of PBS public access nature documentary shit most of the time, that's, like, no, no, that's a step beyond. Yo, what's really interesting about that is that there's a... Um, I'm trying to think of what the East Coast uh, PBS station is, and I don't want to say that it was 11 because part of me is thinking it's 13. But either way, I what I like about that lyric is that we've talked about this record. Um, I mean, all, we're almost through with it, mm-hmm. and we talk about the way that this one. Uh, is kind of a transformation it's they're not playing stadiums but the rooms that they're playing have gone from you know numbers in the 300s to numbers in the low thousands there's a whole aspect of like singing to a larger audience and you have a band that was so chicago centric for their first two records now they're doing something that's bigger and they throw something in that is such a wink to the Chicago mm-hmm. crowd. And then the rest of the people hearing it, they don't have, it's not like, like that, that, that doesn't have like the same value, but it's just like, yeah, sure. Channel 11. Let's, you know, it's just a good yeah. line and it rhymes with heaven. So it, it I Which like is the, fucking great. Yeah. I just love it that it's just like a little bit of a wink. Um, and also like, yeah, we're not like big time like Chicago like right away, but it's in there. Yeah, and I would also like to point out that like, you know, there's a lot of there's just certain parts of this where it feels like it's encapsulating like just like a lot of the stuff they had touched on before, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know that the the like boring as heaven feels like something that could have come out on like you know that's kind of what they're singing about on southern rock and and i think one could even argue like kind of see some of that in like trouble breathing with like the stars being ugly Mm -hmm. and then you see you know like the the kind of funny i love cops line which is feels like such a nod to cop and Mm -hmm. now is just confusing (laughs) um but uh (laughs) you know there there are these like little things where it does feel like an evolution on the thoughts that were kind of built 
on that record that is more anchored to that place. Mm-hmm. And then slowly they're just like kind of twisting it. It's like where he's like, it almost feels like he's like, I know I've already written songs about this, but what if I wrote about it from this perspective and brought in those things? It just, it gives it all a level of just like, it's all very intentional and purposeful in a way that I think where the early stuff feels very just like gut level. And this is my experience. He's actually trying to bring those things into a narrative structure and, and be very overt about the fact, like I am playing a character without it being like, and then I went to the bank and I did it. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's very well done in a way that I think is kind of difficult to do in song. Yeah. He does a really good job too of like, um, utilizing the the place that he's in and utilizing like the vernacular of you know sense dna on barbed wire fences it's like yeah that all exists in there and Mm -hmm. he's he's writing um he's writing to that and he's using what is available in that word bank to fit like the vibe that he has and and it's really smartly done and it you know even just something like dusted for prince pried up the floorboards it's like that's such a good line in just the Mm -hmm. way that it comes out and the way that it sits in between the lines that are around it and sometimes that's just nice that's just it makes your imagination work well, exactly. And I think, you know, there's so many, I, I think this is really lyrically one of the best songs on this record for that. The imagery is so rich. It's so smart. The thing, you know, even the line about the black box recorders don't lie is such like a great mm-hmm. thing, but it's also still got the sense of humor, like the flies fuck on channel 11. But I also think the maybe someday I'll find me a suspect that has no alibi. Like he's acknowledging that he's shitty at it. You know, like, it's just like, it's a very subtle thing that I think a lot that gets glossed over, but like, Uh it's that same, like drink 23 beers to wipe the stupid smile off my face. But like, I'm a shitty detective. Like, that's kind of what's cool. It's like, it's almost like Leslie Nielsen a little bit where he's doing all this extra shit mm-hmm. to try and solve it when it's just like, he's entirely off base. Yeah, totally. It's, and like the way you say that, it just, I don't know. It incites that reaction of, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but I always knew that, you know? And, mm-hmm. and there's like a, a kind of cool, space that i think this occupies where it's set up in such a way that we do have this like you know this dark uh apartment that sort of anybody who's in this type of story whether it's fucking humphrey bogart or or jack nicholson um or leslie nielsen like they all they all go to these like weird places of like lonely shelter um and and just the idea that, like, okay, cool, we're there, we, like, get this guy, and that statement totally fits with the vision that you have, but then also you take a look at just, oh, it actually tells us so much more about everything mm-hmm. with this dude. It's not that he's, like, you know, just just chasing, uh, like bad guys all day 
to where he doesn't really have a life other than that. It's just that his, his apartment is so bad and so shitty because he's so bad at his job. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's kind of always been my, like, love with this song is I think some people could view it in the way that, like, in the current parlance of how we're talking about, like, cop movies and shows is like being copaganda mm-hmm. and like this feels like the most direct refutation of that fact where it's just like no it's kind of making fun of the fact like one private eyes aren't usually actually police officers mm-hmm. they're just like someone you hire to like follow your cheating spouse around yeah or like you know like find the kids who keep vandalizing my fence mm-hmm. like you know shit like that and it's just like it's it's heightening everything and then kind of taking the piss out of it at the exact same time. And I think that's what allows this song to both be, like, really creepy and odd and, and like, that it builds that curiosity, but also just have, like, little doses of humor dropped in so regularly, usually at the end of the chorus, at the end of the verse, just, mm-hmm. like, these little things where, like, it rhymes well. It feels natural, so you don't really pick it up. But it is just kind of like it, it's pretty astute and observant in a way that I think a lot of the stuff. It, it, it's the antithesis of Mister Chainsaw, where it's like, okay, you're really spelling it out, dude, <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally, which yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so funny that those songs have always been back to back because like they are the opposites of one another in so many ways. Yeah. I never thought about that, David. It's fucking great that we're talking about this song for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's so funny and I think to be um to hit you to hit the listener over the head with it to the extent that this song can mm-hmm. um in in just like I mean really we talk about this record as being a a point of demarcation for some of the older listeners. And there's something in this that I think is pretty bold in saying like, this song is not about me bike messaging. This song mm-hmm. is not about me living in an apartment with uh, the rest of my band. Um, but also if you listen closely like i'm having a good time with what i'm laying out here um Mm. and i think that it's i think that it's very easy to read this song as just being like dude what and then when we get further down there's so much dude what that Mm. it feels like it's a part of a like you know, a line that like starts here and kind of really continues and throughout after, you know what yeah. I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's just like, th- there's just something about this song that I think has always been like a really just perfect version of like what I think kind of like quirky, intelligent punk can be mm-hmm. i was gonna say pop punk i don't know if that's totally accurate to what I, I mean that's what this is but i also don't think of that song in that tradition you know yeah i feel like this song is a very specific thing where it's like when i think of it i can't think of a lot of other songs that do what it does as effectively as it does yeah you, know? you can you can like come up with a few that are 
around it, um, you know, suburban home, I think is a like yeah. fantastic example. Um, and I think that there are a lot of jawbreaker songs that have, um, at least an intentionality towards, um, trying to, I guess I'm thinking of indictment as just a song that's just like, um, playing into people's perceptions, um, of what is changing about Mm -hmm. the band, but also like making statements that are very specifically for, if you're here, we know that we don't have to like convince you of anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think those are two really good comparisons because I think they hit on the same point of like making a point but still being kind of funny. And mm-hmm. it, it, it touches on the both sides of the argument, which is what I think this one does as well. And I think that's what separates it from a lot of like when I think of like, you know, pop punk, like because I, I think my mind initially went to like lesser versions of this could be like, and I like this record, but like if you look at Dude Ranch, songs like Voyeur or like, apple shampoo or josie Mm -hmm. like they're definitely playing those characters but it's really one-sided and like the the turn back in on itself is very muted whereas here i think it is a little more transparent in the same way suburban home or like the way indictment kind of builds that last line Mm -hmm. you know um and i think it gives you that little like oh it's kind of funny it's definitely clever but like it's a good enough song where it's not it's not like it's a joke song this isn't a fucking bit we're doing here yeah and i think that's that's a hard line to walk that's a hard space to exist in i mean thinking about songs like voyeur and apple shampoo where you know we you and i have talked at great lengths about the um the damage that blink 182 did to uh white uh you know teenagers children Mm -hmm. and like um and it's there is like a lot of just built-in misogyny around literally everything Mm -hmm. um and this isn't to like excuse um you know the faults in like in a band like blink 182 or like that type of shit but like we we i think at least i was pretty perceptive of like where the bit was and where the real was yeah sort of just like it's you know it's funny to like make jokes about how horny you are it's it doesn't like there's also a yeah we share like a, a a sense of humor and an understanding in that and then from the outside it's just like oh oh are you this is this is bad. This is being interpreted the way I want it to be interpreted. Yeah, I mean they're they're an interesting case study in a lot of ways where you can also see how um they are often the butt of the joke and that they are also using a lot of gay humor in a way that is not about gay people. Mm-hmm. Like um my friend ellie wrote a great piece kind of about like the interesting sexual politics of blink 182 which i actually think is really fascinating when you break Mm -hmm. it down where it's like they're kind of normalizing being gay by making fun of themselves so relentlessly to an audience that would otherwise make fun of it 
and yes, there are going to be people who like maybe don't understand that mm-hmm. and just see it as the the negative. And I'm sure plenty of people in the fan base did just see it as an acceptance of their ability to say those things and mm-hmm. be shitty towards gay people. But it's it's a weird overlapping thing. And I think it's the same way, you know, one example I bring up a lot when I'm talking about, like, how do we deal with problematic narrators in songs that are making a point? Dead Kennedys. Like, I can name four different songs where that dude says the N-word. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would defend his use of them because it's like, oh, in one example, you're singing from the point of view of a cop, which, mm-hmm. you know, appropriate to what we're talking about here. Right. Or like you know, uh, the rise of fascism in the state of California, you know, like there's all mm-hmm. these different examples. So it's like, yeah, maybe don't say it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the exact same time, like, is that the effective provocation that it is demanded? Totally. Um, and I think that's an, I think, you know, maybe that is giving Blink-182 too much, but I do think there is a, a certain undercurrent, especially with like their live show and their banter and how, you know, how much, uh, they were playing up the fact that like the having sex with dudes was a normalized part of their show. Right. It's like, I, cause I think about, it's funny. There's a, there's like a channel on, uh, on, um, we have a prime Amazon stick TV, uh, Mm -hmm. fire and they have like a channel called MTV hits and there's like old episodes of MTV Cribs that are on there. And mm-hmm. I was flipping through the other day and I was like, oh, I'll watch Mark Hoppus's episode of MTV Cribs. Every room he went into, he just talked about how he just wanted to fill it with naked guys. And yeah. I remember being in like middle school and high school and, um, you know, whatever perception there was about me, I leaned so hard into um any like invalidation of of queerness any like Mm -hmm. i got fucking in people's faces about wanting to like have gay sex with them and it's like Mm. because this is uncomfortable for you and that's fucking stupid you are small like fuck you and yeah that 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 all stems from that just being like this is it's like it's such a silly thing to just say the way that he's saying it he's being silly i understand his silliness and now i understand that like there's no conversation about this in a way that could ever be anything other than silly so yeah Fuck and it's you. why I built this pool is the best Blink-182 song of the yeah. past decade. <laughs> Not saying much, but it's true. Yeah. Um, what, what do you give this one? Private Eye? Um, well, I give a very high rating to the second verse in just that movement um, from except some mold, rotten milk, someone left in the sink. And there's, mm-hmm. no, there's a really, really nice thing that's happening in... I think a lot of his delivery where it's he's leading himself through the verses in like cool and different ways. Mm -hmm. It's um, yeah. We talk a lot about like his use of like different voices in this record. And there's like, I don't know. There's something like, there's something that's like 
character based i think in the delivery on all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and i i really like the way that there's just like little like like pieces of momentum that he just sort of like generates out of the way he's singing the words where it just like provides you know 15 percent more ambiance to that sink that's filled with rotten milk and i remember being like oh he's wait what did he smoke himself stupid like he smoked he smoked too many cigarettes because back then like it was i there's no way people that played punk music smoked pot that was Mm -hmm. that was for the cotton mouth kings in my brain true (laughs) still is um can we do a Cottonmouth Kings podcast? Fuck, I've never heard a Cottonmouth Kings song. That was a weird time. Um, what do I give this song? What do you give this song? I give it a solid five. Wow! I give it a four. Give it a four out of five. I think that it's... I think that this song has a ceiling for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just like where where I am with it, and like it's it has reached its ceiling. So to say sure. that it's like it's like a less than five, it's kind of like if you grade it on a curve, it's kind of a hundred percent. So I yeah, I really really like this song. I think that in like the in the ways that my like opinions have swayed on this record probably more than any of them uh is from is from here to infirmary and this song has like the like it's cool but it's pretty dumb and Mm -hmm. then you say yeah why not i don't think it's as heavy-handed as uh as other ones um fair it's and it's a it's a great opening track too. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the thing is for me, it's like it's a great opener. I think when I hear it come on in isolation, it's one where it's like I hear it and I immediately know what it is and I'm very down for the ride. And I also think I would say this is probably one of the best songs for them when they play live. Mm-hmm. Like this is so designed to get an audience jumping up and down as soon as it kicks in. But it has all those fun sing-along moments but it's not to your point about the the vocal phrasing and vocal melody Mm -hmm. it's not predictable it's really you really got to be with it and i think there's a certain level of awareness this song necessitates where like you can enjoy it on face value Mm -hmm. but there's several layers you can dig in with it that i think makes it to me a very unique kind of track Totally. That I will always always hold in high the highest esteem. Yeah, I I think of like the songs that I would want to like ask Matt for more on. This mm. actually might be one that if I'm thinking about it in terms of like you know like curating content, um, like say we had like we we could ask Matt about five songs, but we want them all to be different. This is one that I would put at the top of like a category because i'd really like to know just like yo so like where is where's this one start because you Mm -hmm. you tell a story here so you know were you were you watching a lot of movies were you um or were you just talking about that same motherfucking cop 
from mm-hmm. five years ago where you're just like, I'm removed from this situation to an extent where I'm just like, man, that guy's a fucking loser. That's all yeah. it is now. You're just a fucking loser. That's that, my hope. Yeah. That's a great place to be. And let me tell you all something about living your lives right now. There's a lot of losers out there. You don't have to listen to all of them. So. Good advice. David, I think that you and I together are a winning team. And this uh, this show has, uh, has taught me a lot. And, uh, and I look forward to making a spreadsheet about all of the things that i've learned and um and to uh, forget where i saved it to sounds like a plan we have a patreon patreon.com slash as you were if you want to help support the show we'll be back here on the feed either way next week and we look forward to it we'll see you then thanks folks <laughs>